0: Liberty Church. How are y'all this morning? see a lot, of, a lot of faces. That's awesome. Well, like Savannah said, my name is Forrest. Uh, we're filling in for Pastor Jessica and Ian. They actually uh, they just married, uh, did a ceremony for a couple of the church. They just got married, so I want to give a shout out to them. That's awesome. Uh, well, today we're going to start a brand new series. Before we do, I want to talk about the series we've been doing. Uh, we've been on a 21-day fast Right? We've been fasting 21 days. And the last series was to give us this mountain. uh, The seven mountains each day. And we've been in a fast for that. Well the fast ends today. But I want to let you know that just because the fast ends today we can still fight for the mountains. We can still fight for for our lives. Just because the fast ends doesn't mean we stop fighting. So we are at war still. We're at a spiritual war and we're going to learn that today. We are at war and We're going to learn today ways, and next week, it's a two-part series, ways to help fight in the war that we're we're battling. So the series is titled, Buckled Up, Finding Our Place, Position, and Posture in Christ. So Buckle Up, Finding Our Place, Position, and Posture in Christ. When we believe in Jesus and we live Jesus, we have a place in Jesus. We have a position in Jesus, and we have a posture in Jesus. And we're going to learn those next week, but today we're really going to talk about buckling it up and what that means. So what does it mean to buckle up? You hear that, buckle up. What does it mean to buckle up? It means to be securely seated in Christ, finding our place, position, and, Imposter in him. It means to fully embrace what it means to be united with Jesus. Now, we have two examples right here. Think, think of an airplane. If you're in an airplane, I just want you to imagine yourself in an airplane. And you're flying, you're, you know, you're sitting in an airplane, and you're sitting there. Maybe you have your recliner out, leaning back, I don't know. But you're sitting in an airplane, right? And you're flying. And the stewardess comes out and says, hey, uh, here, here's a here's a uh, parachute pack. I just want to let you know, I'm going to give you this opportunity to take this parachute pack because you know, it looks like we're hitting some really bad turbulence and it looks like we're about to crash. How many of y'all are going to take the parachute? How many of y'all will take the parachute? If a, we're going to crash, but here's a parachute so you can jump out. Uh, how many of y'all would not take the parachute? None of y'all would not take the parachute, so you're just going to risk it. But... We would take the parachute, right? And the reason is because you know self-consciously if I take this parachute, there's security. If I have to jump out, I'm at least secure when I jump out, right? But if you don't have the parachute, there's no security at all. And as Christians, we need to make sure we're secure in Christ. And being secure in Christ means to fully embrace what it means to be united with Christ. So what does secure mean What does that mean to be seated and secure of a cross? Think about a car. You know, know, we all picture a car, right? It has a driver's seat and a passenger seat. And being seated with Christ means that Christ, Jesus, is the driver, and we are seated with him. We're the passenger, right? We are following him. He is the driver, and we are the passenger. We are seated with him and united in him. So let's to our scripture, foundational scripture. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. This is Paul talking, by the way. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. I want you to listen to what Paul just said. Satan is the commander of the powers of the unseen world. Now I mentioned we're at war. We're at war. A spiritual war. It's unseen. We can't see it. It's not physical. It's spiritual. So there's a war going on. It's called life and death. There's a life and death war. And it's happening every day. And Satan is the commander of the unseen world, and there's going to be, and we're going to dive into this. But there's going to be two ways that he's going to try to attack us. He's either going to try to get us to drift away from Christ, or he's going to try to get us to add to what Christ has already done. And we're going to dive into that in a little bit later. But right now, let's go to verse, uh, verse three. Before I go, to verse three. There's a spirit behind every decision, action, and plan. Everybody's been influenced by somebody, and we either yield to God or the devil. We either yield to God or we yield to the devil. There's only two kingdoms. There's not a middle kingdom. There's just two. So you may be here and say, you know what? I'm just kind of like sitting back, and whatever happens, happens. That's a choice. And when you do that, and you're saying, I'm just going to let happen happen, then you're fighting on one of the kingdoms. And if you're sitting back doing nothing, most likely you're fighting for the devil's kingdom and not God's kingdom. So you still have a choice, no matter what. You cannot not have a choice. I want to make that clear. There's only two kingdoms, God's and the devil's. So verse 3, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. But by our very nature, we are subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Verse 4, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. When God raised Jesus from the dead, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he gave the gift of life to all humanity, to all Who would believe? I want you to get that. Jesus died on the cross, and then he was buried, and it did not end there. He was raised from the dead, and then when Jesus was raised from the dead, he gave a gift to all of us, each and every one of us in this room, online, or wherever you may be. He gave a gift to each and every one of us, a gift of life to anybody who believes Verse 6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and he seated us, and he seated us with him in heavenly realms, because we are united in Christ Jesus. We are united in Christ Jesus. So when he raised us from the dead, so not only did he raise Christ from the dead, when we believe in Christ, we're raised from the dead. When we have life through Jesus, we are now seated with him. So, God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 God saved you by His grace when you believe, and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Praise God, salvation is not a reward for what we've done. It is a gift for those who believe. Now I'm saying we're at war and we got a spiritual battle to fight. So I'm not saying there's not work to do. There's work to do. But what I'm saying is that you cannot earn your salvation. You can't say, well, if I go to church this many days, this many months, this many years, then I'll be saved. You can't say, if I reach the lost this many times, this, you know, if I reach 100 people, then I'll be saved. You can't say, if I feed 1,000 homeless people, then I'll be saved. It is not a work. Now, we are called to work, but the, the work is not the reward of salvation. The reward of salvation is you saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent. I believe in you. Believe and confess. That Lord, is, that Lord Jesus is the Lord and Savior, and then that is salvation. It is a gift that Jesus gave us by dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. So praise God, though, salvation is not a reward. Praise God that we don't earn it. If we had to earn it, I don't know if we ever could. I don't know if we ever could. We all fall short so many times. But praise God, it's a gift. Salvation is a gift for all who believe. Verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Go to the next point, point two because we are seated in Christ in heavenly realms, because we are seated with him, we have a place, a position, and a posture that brings security. Now, I mentioned a minute ago, you're not going to jump out of an airplane without a parachute because that's, you know, you're not safe and secure. So my question for you is why I try to live a Christian life without being safe and secure in Jesus? So we have a place, a position, a posture that brings security, strength, and success. What we need to do is we need to take a moment and we need to reflect. Today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to reflect, look at our lives because we all live busy lives. We all, you know, we go go to school, we go to church, we uh, work jobs, we have families, uh, we have ministry, uh, whatever it may be. We have busy lives And we just need to take a minute and reflect. Because who knows, you can get in a car and drive and not be buckled. And that's not safe or secure. So this morning, what we want to do is we want to reflect and make sure that we are seated with Jesus. And what we need to do is we need to buckle up and refuse to move away from Christ. So as I mentioned before, when we believe in Jesus, we are seated with Him, right? We're seated with Him. With Christ. But then we have to buckle up. I want you to think about NASCAR. Uh, if I'm a NASCAR driver, I get my car, I ain't going to be like, All right, let's start the race. First thing NASCAR drivers going to do is they're going to buckle up. They're driving 200 and something miles per hour. You better be sure they're buckled up and they're safe and secure. Right? You ain't going to be driving 200 and something miles going around st- curves without being buckled up. That is the first step we have to do is make sure we're buckled up before we can find our place, before we can find our position, before we can find our posture. We have to be buckled up. And I said earlier there's two ways the enemy's going to try to attack us. He's going to try to get us to drift away. So this first seatbelt, make sure we're not drifting away. The second one is uh, he's going to try to tempt us to add to Jesus' finished work. We've got to make sure we're buckled that up, that we're not doing that, and that we're seated with Jesus So we've got to refuse to move away from Christ. I just want to tell you too, it's going to look different for everybody. It's going to be a little different. But we have to be seated with Him. And in Christ, we have everything we need. We have security. We have strength. And we have success. We can have those in Jesus if we choose it. In Jesus, we have those things. In our flesh... We will always come up short. Your flesh can only sustain you for so long. We all have breaking points without Christ. Now, I want to clarify something. You cannot have Jesus Christ in your life, and you can still live a successful life. You can still have a great family. You can still be a great person. You can still be financially blessed you can still do all these things of the world and be good and have a great life. But here's the thing. If you're not broken by life, you'll be broken by death. You may be secure in life, but you won't be secure in death if you don't have Jesus. Meaning, when we all die, there's going to be a judgment. God's either going to say, welcome in. Or he's going to say, I never knew you, flee from me. So if you're not broken by life, you're going to be broken by death. And when you're seated with Jesus Christ, you have that security. You have that security. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 22-23. to Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I want you to check that out. Think about it. Think about your life. How, How messed up we can be sometimes. How many times we fall short. How many times we miss the mark in sin. Think about that. But here this scripture is saying he has brought you into his own presence. Jesus is saying I brought you to my presence. He welcomed you into his car when he's driving and he's looking at you in the passenger seat and he says you're holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Talking about security. Talking about I want to be seated with Jesus. You know that's secure right there because I know I am messed up and jacked up but if Jesus can look at me and say I find no fault I want that security, you know. I want to be seated with Jesus. Verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away. There it is. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So it says, don't drift away. And I want to challenge you, church, or, or it's easy to get caught up in life and kind of, you know, get burnt out with life. Get burnt out with whatever you may be dealing with. Maybe your family has struggles and you're just burnt out. It's easy to get burnt out and want to, and like, kind of give up and lose that passion and lose that fire and give up. I know when I was saved, first saved, I had a deep passion and deep fire. I was like, "Praise God, and you know, I'm saved. I want to go tell everybody about Jesus right I had a passion to share the, to share the gospel, to tell everybody they needed Jesus to tell everybody this, to share the good news. I had that passion and that fire and that zeal, but sometimes I find myself in life with family, with ministry, or whatever it may be, finances, whatever the story may be, I can find myself. Caught up in that and drifting away because that passion and stuff is, is going away. But when we realize that and we reflect and we find ourselves and we stay seated with Jesus and not only seated but we buckle up, yeah, things going to happen. Life going to happen. But you can still have that passion and fire. Your passion and fire can still be there. It'd be, it's going to look different for everybody. But as long as you buckle up and stay planted, you're not going to drift away. But oftentimes we find ourselves drifting away because when we're seated, we're seated with Jesus when we believe. But oftentimes we find ourselves, you know, riding with Jesus, and then he's not in the parking lot yet. He's not parked. He's still driving. And you know what? We're like, okay, I don't want to wear the seatbelt no more. We Unbuckle. How many of y'all, y'all ever do that? You ever drive and am like, well, I'm three miles away from my house. I'm just going to unbuckle now. You ever do that? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I mean if you do, you're not being safe and secure though, right? And normally when you, when you if you have kids, when you get in there too, you, you, wanna, you don't just leave without everybody being buckled. And that's what we need to do today, church. We need to buckle up. Galatians 3, 1 through 7. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was death was made clear to you as if you had seen the picture of his death on the cross. Let me make let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Verse 3, how foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? I want to pause it there. We just talked about the first, the first way the enemy tries to attack in this war. He's trying to get us drift away. Now we're going to the second one. He tries to get us added to. So how foolish can you be after starting, Jesus, I believe in you. I started my Christian wall. I, I started... Falling Jesus, I'm seated with Jesus, I'm buckled up. How foolish is it to unbuckle in your race, in your drive with Jesus? How foolish is that? That's what Paul's saying. Why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you ever experienced, verse 4, so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? Verse 5, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then are those who put their faith in God. I want to go back to verse 3. It says, why are you trying to become perfect in your own human efforts? Now, I mentioned before when I first got saved, I wanted to preach, preach the word, right? <clears throat> but sometimes when Jesus Christ died on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. The finished work was done there. But oftentimes, I know for me, I can speak experience, we try to add to his finished work. We try to say, well, if I'm doing this, this, and this, and let me clarify something, we're taught to do work. Not saying that. But oftentimes, I th- I used to think a lot like, if I do this, this, and this, then things will happen. If I do this, this, and this, then things will happen. If I'm on stage doing this and speaking God's word, then things will happen. We have to take ourselves out of the equation. God's finished work is done. He calls us and uses us to do his work. And that's great. And that's awesome. But we're not to add to it. And if we're not careful, because we all have different gifts and talents and all that, if we're not careful, in ministry especially, we can find ourselves, you know, for me, I'm an evangelist. I can find myself saying, well, I'm an evangelist, and every time I meet a stranger, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And I can look at Savannah and say, she, she just met this person. What, Savannah, why are you not telling this person about Jesus? And I can compare my wall with her wall, and I can be like, well, she obviously don't know Jesus like I do because she ain't sharing the gospel like I would. If we're not careful, we can do that. And when we do that, we find ourselves having that unbuckle. And when we do that, we're adding to Jesus' finished work. So what I'm meaning, what I mean by that is we're not the standard for Christianity. We are not the standard for Christianity. Christ is. And Christ says, It's not a reward. It's not what you do that earns salvation. It's a gift. That all you have to do is believe and confess and then you will be saved. It's a gift, a free gift that he gives to you if you believe. That is what Christ says. So we need to be seated with Christ and have that buckle up. I'm not going to drift away and buckle up the other strap. I'm not going to add to what Jesus has already done. I'm going to do what he calls me to do but I'm not going to add to what he's already done. I can't add to what Jesus has already done. And we got to be buckled up. We're at war. Our last point. We're at war, church. There is a demonic temptation. A demonic temptation to drift away or add to the finished work of Jesus Christ. There's a demonic. The enemy comes to, John 10, 10 says, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. So the enemy's going to try any way to get you to uh, try to steal, kill, and destroy you. The war is life or death. If you're seated with Jesus, you have life. But if you're not buckled up, you can drift away from that. You can add to that, and you can be unbuckled. Now, Remember the NASCAR. You're not going to get in a NASCAR car, and you're not going to drive 200-something miles per hour without being buckled up. So why? Why do we find ourselves seated with Jesus but not buckled up? Why do we find ourselves doing that? So this morning, we're going to take a minute to reflect. We're going to take a minute to reflect as we have our uh, prayer team, worship team come. And when we buckle up, we're going to refuse to move away From who we are in Christ. Can we truly live the God has for us? Yes, we can if we buckle up. So, next week, next week, we're going to unpack our place, our position, and our posture in Christ. But in order to do that, in order to do that, in order to find that place, to find your position, to find your posture in Jesus, we have to be buckled up. Because we want to believe we're seated. But then we have to buckle it up. We have to make sure we're buckled up. So we're going to make sure we're securely buckled up in Him, in Jesus. So I want to ask you, church, wherever right? head bow, eyes closed. I want to ask you a couple questions. Have you drifted away from Christ? Have you drifted away? Maybe you're like me and when you first got saved, you, was, you had a passion and zeal and then oftentimes you find yourself losing that and drifting away. Well, there's good news. You can, you can buckle up today. So have you lost your passion your zeal and your desire to know Him and make Him known? I don't know about you, but I love car rides. Like, we have a minivan, me and my wife, and we have a, a six-year-old son. And we bought the minivan so we can take long vacations. And one of the good parts I love about it, you know, it have a radio system in it, but we don't really listen to the radio. We just talk, and we get to know each other. And get to know each other is, is really great The car ride journey what better way to know somebody and if Jesus is the driver and we're the passenger there's your opportunity to get to know him so maybe you don't feel that you want to know him if that's you then you drifted away and if you drifted away this morning And we're going to pray this prayer. So repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I choose to be seated with you. And I buckle up my strap. And I'm going to be planted. And I'm not going to drift away. My passion for you is going to be there. Yes, life may be hard, but I choose to stay buckled up. Jesus' name, Amen. Every head bow, and eyes still closed. Maybe you tried to add to His finished work. Maybe you thought that what Jesus done on the cross wasn't enough, and you tried to take it in your own hands. And you try to do all this ministry and all this whatever it may be to try to add to what Jesus has already done. And I'm not saying ministry is bad, we're called to do ministry. Are you striving to earn what He, what he has freely given? Are you striving to earn that salvation? What, what Jesus has freely given? Have you become legalistic, more concerned about rules than righteousness? Are you judgmental, critical, and always measuring everyone else's commitment to Christ based on your own commitment? In other words, as we mentioned earlier, have you become the standard of Christianity? At that shoe, and then you've added to the finished work. And at that shoe this morning, now we're going to pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me I repent Lord I repent because I've been trying to add to what you've already done I've been trying to earn salvation and I've been trying to get other people to earn salvation when salvation is a gift so forgive me Lord I choose to buckle up my other strap and not add your finished work and be securely seated with you in Jesus name Amen So today let's retake our seats in Christ let us, let us buckle up and return to our place in Christ because there is a war a war of life and a war of death and to win, we need to be buckled up. And there's one more one more prayer that we're gonna do. Wherever head bows, eyes still closed. Maybe you're here this morning, and you know you're not buckled up because you're not seated because you never got in the car. Maybe you're looking in. Maybe you're looking in the car and you're seeing, you know, you're hearing and you're seeing Jesus driving and you see the life that he gives. And you're like, man, I really want that. Well, today's an opportunity for you. Jesus is going to open the door and he's going to let you get in and let you be seated with him. Today we want you by faith to accept the finished work of Jesus Christ on the, on the cross and be born again. Well, here's the good news. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, and now is the appointed time. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be seated in Him, then I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand as an act of faith. Nobody's looking. If, if you want to be seated with Jesus and have that security and be secured in Him, because remember, as we mentioned earlier, if you're not broken by life, you'll be broken by death. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times people are broken by life too. And to have that security in Jesus, if that's you today, or if you're online and that's you and you—and you, and today's your day and you accepted Jesus, comment, do a hand raise, do a whatever, thumb, you know, the the thumbs up on the comment section. If that's you today, today's the day of salvation. Today you can be securely seated with Jesus Christ and you can buckle it up and you can have that place of security and freedom and life. If that's you, we're going to pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Forgive me, for I'm a sinner. I know I'm not buckled up, because I'm not even seated in your car that you're driving. I'm fighting for the wrong kingdom. And today, Lord, I declare you as my Lord and Savior, and I'm fighting for your kingdom. I want to be seated at your feet. I want to be seated with you, Jesus. I choose and I openly declare that you are the Lord and Savior of my life. And I choose to follow up and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.